Welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest Bruce Dern movie ever made. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And this week we are covering Minute 6 of the Burbs, which begins with Ricky flipping paint off of his hand and ends with Rumsfeld stepping in poop. So, you didn't have to wait long for the poop to come back. Oh, no. Uh, this is poop, too. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like part two of like four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get uh, our boy Ricky, who spills paint all over speakers, which probably cost about two grand. Oh, they're huge. The speakers are huge. <laughs> <laughs> and just, he walks it off easier than I walk off spilling a glass of water on my kitchen floor. Yeah. Yeah. He shakes it off his hands and then just slams the paintbrush down on the railing and he's done. Yeah. And then it's time to turn on the music and start air guitar in it. <laughs> and he turns around and he's got wearing a beautiful red mesh shirt, which I'm not sure when those were in. Never. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. Maybe, like what I said, this is, I think he's wearing that because he probably wanted to wear his crazy Corey Feldman outfit. And Joe Dante was like, no, that's that's not happening. You are gonna, You can wear this. You can wear a Batman shirt with a cut-off red mesh over it, and that's as crazy as I'm letting you get. That's bad that he toned it down to a red mesh shirt. Yeah, with the Batman thing underneath it. Which with the Batman underneath it. I guess is the Batman 89 logo, but it really doesn't look like it. It looks different. It's hard to see him through that mesh. I thought it was the Dark Knight logo because it looks like the fat bat, like the one from the, um, the Frank Miller one. Right. But maybe it just looks like that through the mesh. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the first time that we see uh, Ricky with the paint, and at no point during the movie do I think we actually ever see him paint anything. No, no. He's also got sunglasses and work gloves on, like he's good, like he's really ready to paint, too. <laughs> well, I mean, we've all done that. You, know, you go on there, you're like, all right, I'm going to put on, I'm going to put my work shoes on, and then I got my gloves on. I'm, I'm really going to go out there, I'm going to do some yard work, and then you sit down, hold on, I got I to gotta check my iPod music, I got to make sure the right thing's on. I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll get something to drink. Maybe I'll get something to drink. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I gotta get this. Oh, uh, I've been out here for an hour and a half. I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> it's really hot. I'm going back in. <laughs> it's, now it's too hot. I can't do it now. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's 10:30. It's almost lunchtime. So <laughs> I might as well just go in. <laughs> so, yeah. So he starts playing some beautiful rock music for us. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's as it starts playing, it's um, it's really loud. Yeah. But I, when it starts singing, I thought it was Alice Cooper. So, of course, I looked into it, and it's not. It's, um... It's Bob Cooper, his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's War Machine by Circus of Power. That's what that is. That's just, that's a little side note there. Oh. It, the lead singer of that band was Alex Mitchell, and they had five albums, just to let you know, yeah. even though you've never heard of them before. So, 99% <laughs> of the people listening are like, I don't care. And there's yes. some guy... Yeah. <laughs> Who's saying yes. uh, some some balding man with long hair going? Oh, I love them. I saw them at the Spectrum in '85. Yeah, well, if he did, he probably saw them open for uh, Black Sabbath because they went on a whole tour with them, but not with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. It was a different singer. <laughs> oh, it was during the during the dark times. During the yeah, uh, I forget. The, I don't even know the name of the singer to be honest with you. It wasn't uh, Ronnie James Dio. Oh, Tony Martin on vocals. When they, oh, when, I was just about to say, I, I'm pretty sure it was Who Gives a Damn. I'm, I thought that's who it was. <laughs> yeah, that's like, pretty much who it was. <laughs> good old, he doesn't matter. 
But that's because I looked into it because I thought it was Alice Cooper, and it definitely wasn't. I mean, you get the Alice Cooper vibe for it. So what probably happened was when the person wrote the script, they were probably like, um, Alice Cooper. And when they went to clear the rights for it, Alice Cooper was like, no. Yeah, he's like, or, or he said, give me 40 grand. They're like, no, I'm not paying him. <laughs> like, you know, I, I had to afford Tom Hanks. I can't get him. Right. <laughs> Although I can't imagine this. I mean, this movie didn't cost a lot of money. It has, as we said, it has one set. Right. Yeah, no, it didn't. They're not going anywhere, so. So after we get a little, little Bobo Alice Cooper, we get quite possibly the gate, the greatest reveal in the history of movies. <laughs> we get uh, Mark Rumsfeld come out. There's two great reveals here. One is him walking out in his green vest, open shirt, letting the world see <laughs> the chest. Shorts. Yes. And what's around his neck? Is it a bullet? Yes, it's a bullet. <laughs> Do you hear the lyrics in the background? Yeah, so he's got the so he's got the war machines going on when he comes out. It says, I am your war machine as he steps out the door. <laughs> and not for nothing, he comes walking out, he's rocking like the the sleeveless vest look with the shirt out. He's fifty three. Yeah. Yeah, and he's almost pulling it off too. Yeah. He's pulling it off enough where you're like all right, he is either th- this badass or crazy enough not to fool with him. Right, that's what he reminded me of, just just crazy enough. Yeah. The second part of this is, well, actually, I guess the second and maybe the third part, because there's an extra reveal coming up, is director by Joe Dante comes up right here. Right so here. Even Joe Dante knew was like, this is where I want my credit. <laughs> <laughs> I want my credit over, I am your war machine, him throwing on his glasses, Yes. With the, with the OD green vest on. <laughs> I wanted to look badass. Put my put my uh, credit right there. <laughs> if you were making your student film, this is the kind of reveal you would give yourself. Like, I want to walk out, throw my glasses on, I got rock music on. And then somebody says, well, do you want anything else to happen? Yeah, could you have some blonde chick that's half my age walk out right after me? Like a black, way too hot for me to yeah. come out behind me. <laughs> yeah, she comes out and a whole other list of questions starts coming up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, she walks out and you're like, well, maybe that's his daughter. Nope, that's the wife. <laughs> so she is 35. Yes. At this point. So I guess technically it's not that far out of range. I guess it's maybe because he could be older. He could be mid-50s or older. Yeah. And she's 35 and could be 30. So it looks more like an over 20-year age difference. I guess it's not that bad. But, I mean, she's definitely wife too, right? At least. Right, yeah. I mean, way too much for him. <laughs> His first wife, he was definitely married when he was younger and in the service, and she definitely left him. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's just no way around that. And she looks as old as he does, or she's dead now, one of the two. Yeah. I mean, this could be wife three, because he could have had a wife who he left in the States who left him, and then, you know, he could have picked up a wife in country. Right. It's very possible. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too, while he was out, out of the country. Yeah. And they are one of the houses that we never go in, so we never see inside of their house. Probably so just guns and walls. And... <laughs> yes. That's why they, they couldn't afford it, like that we can't afford guns. We only have enough money for two guns in this movie, and one of them is a BB gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one was probably one of the production guys gone from home. 
<laughs> yeah, so he, we don't know, because we never get to see any pictures or anything, we never see, so we don't know if he has a family, if they had a family together, you're led to believe they have no kids, because it doesn't seem like they do. I would love to see that backstory. Oh, I mean, he's another one. I, I would love it. I could watch a prequel about any one of these neighbors. Yes. Any of them. I would like to see Ricky's backstory or Art's or his. Even Walter's I could probably watch. Even Walter's I could watch. The Paperboy. I could watch the Paperboy's backstory. Because <laughs> every person acts in a way where you're like, what happened to them? Yeah, what's about <laughs> <to> this point? <laughs> I mean, you hear a little bit of his backstory. You know he was in Nam and stuff, but... There's a lot of people in Nam who don't act like this. I also feel like he's probably related to Burt Gummer from Tremors. I just feel like they're related in some way. It's uh, Michael Gross's character from Tremors. Do you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like somehow they're related. They're probably second cousins in some way. They don't like each other even though they're basically the same guy. Yeah. They're both just as crazy so they can't get along. Yeah, they're both married to a woman where you're like, there's no way in God's green earth that that woman's with you. <laughs> okay, so we get that. So he gets his two hot wife comes out, gives him the the trifolded flag to hang <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this is obviously the morning because he's well, he's not tired. She looks like she's ready to fall over. Right. She or she's nervous. I'm not sure. Yeah, she looks like she yawns. But then tries to cover it up. Like she doesn't yawn in front of him while they're doing this. I have. She looks horrified for some reason and puts her hand over her mouth. Maybe yawning. Not sure. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. And then he, uh, they walk out and Ricky sees him and yells over, good morning, Lieutenant. Which I didn't know. It's not until I watched the entire movie several times before I'm like, is he just breaking his stones? And just like, yeah, good morning, Lieutenant, and just calling him something. Yeah. But I think in the credits, he's in there as Lieutenant Mark Rumsfeld. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I know he's, he says it, too. Ricky salutes when he says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he salutes. I had to go back and watch the wife again just to see. Well, she just looks bored. <laughs> that was another part of the lyrics that I noticed. When she's walking out in her nighty, the <laughs> lyrics of the song says, I found me a little honey. Yeah. So he sure did. And again. <laughs> What is – what are people wearing in this neighborhood? What yeah, the hell sure. is everyone wearing? She has fuzzy high heels on and her nightgown. <laughs> she has on like a nightie. It is barely half a step above lingerie that she's yeah. wearing. He is wearing his – you know, he's got like his camo shorts and his OD green vest on. He got <laughs> – what's his face? He got Art – not Art. Um, Ray running around with his robe on. This other one with the mesh shirt. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> the wardrobe department just had themselves a field day with this. They, they sure like, did. We are going to dress all of our people up like cartoon characters. Oh, yeah. Walter looks like a definite cartoon old man, too. That's yeah. true. They're all this like could, that. They're so cartoon. This could be an animated series of, like, this neighborhood. <laughs> That's the good thing, because they're so easily – even I mean, their personalities are way different, but they're so easily picked out of, like, okay, that's what that person wears, that's what that person yeah. wears, because they're so different. <laughs> <laughs> you also can see when he's putting the flag up, when you're getting the one view where you're seeing Harun Onaidi and it's over Ricky's shoulder, you can see his car. It's covered with a, uh, whatever, a cover. Of course, it's a camouflage cover. <laughs> of course. Can't tell what kind of car it is. It looks like a Corvette to me. 
or uh, something yeah. like that. You can't. You just can kind of see the shape of it. You can't really see the front, which would be the giveaway. I can see him driving a Corvette. I could definitely see him driving driving a Corvette. It's yeah, and it's definitely. Right. Here's the question though: What color is the Corvette? Yeah. I mean, is it bright? A, a lot of me feels like it's red. Like it's just it's gotta be a red Corvette, right? <laughs> it's gotta be. I mean, there is. I'm, I'm going 90% red Corvette, 10% chance it's camouflaged. <laughs> that would be nice too. <laughs> what camouflage Corvette? <laughs> <laughs> if he had another vehicle, it would definitely be a Jeep. Like a real oh, Jeep, not like a Jeep from like MASH Jeep. Right, like a like a uh, troop transport kind of Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was trying to look at his mailbox. I His mailbox is, has two posts keeping it in, and they never get close enough to see it, I don't think. I was wondering if the two posts weren't posts, if they were actually expended shells. Like they look like, <laughs> how, they look like howitzer shells, but I, it never looks yeah. at it close enough. <laughs> At least so not. what would the mailbox be then? What would the top of the mailbox be? I think it's just a mailbox. I think uh, it just, he's using it as the posts. Right, he's just using them as the posts. And then, of course, the one part that's odd about his character is he has the the flag lifting thing. He has an automated one. Yeah, he's got a button on the on the pole. I don't know. He, he it feels like he'd be more of a traditionalist. Like he'd put it up himself. Yeah, he'd definitely pull the rope and pull that thing up. So, and then, of course, you get the shot from the truck of the. Uh, Oh, we missed, we missed, uh, Ricky says, morning, Lieutenant. And then he goes, Mrs. Rumsfeld. And she says, hi, Ricky. Like she kind of sounded like she was flirting with Ricky a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want to unpack this a little bit. <laughs> what are the odds that at some point in their life, Ricky sleeps with her? <laughs> <laughs> if so, then, uh, you see Ricky, uh, you know, he's dead. He's on yeah. the news. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a 100% certainty that he spies on her, right? He has to. Uh, well, I mean, a little lo- a little further on, he's definitely staring at her while she's bending over, so. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, we'll definitely get into that. But yeah. he, he's got to be spying on her. My question is, does she know and does she care? <laughs> she <laughs> hey, obviously, I mean, if I'm judging from what she's wearing, she doesn't care because she's wearing heels. Yes. That's the feeling I got when she said, hi, Ricky. It was really not... Not just a regular high Ricky to me. Yeah, <laughs> and I've, I, it's funny you brought that up because I've watched that a few times. Because I'm like, am I reading too much into this high Ricky? No, because I don't she's think she's kind so. of like very effervescent like type person anyway. She's very like bubbly, even right. with everybody. We'll have to see later when she interacts with other people. She talks to them like that. <laughs> oh, I was trying to, uh, you know, I'll keep a, I'll have to think about it later. Have you ever heard of the Bechdel test? No. The Bechdel test is, if, and then I'm sure I'll get yelled at because I'll say what it is wrong. It's a test <laughs> about women in movies. Okay. Uh, and the test is basically, is there a female like lead in a movie, or does she have a line? Do the two, if there's more than one, if there has to be more than two female characters, they have to talk to each other and not about men. Oh, okay. And that's how you have to pass the test, and it's just, it seems like it's this really great thing. Like, oh, that's how you know if you have a strong female character. It really doesn't. Right. But just thinking about that, I started to think, like, is there ever a moment where, like, they, they do talk later, but I'm like, are they ever not talking about the guys? No. I mean, they're not discussing them, like, ooh, who's hot? But I think they're always talking about how stupid they are. Right. We're going to have to check into that as it goes yeah. along, because I don't think they do. I think everything's about what the stupid things that they're doing. Yeah. So we get to see, uh, right before he steps in the poop, we get to see Rumsfeld's uh, boots. And yes. I'm happy to see that he ties them the exact same way I do. 
<laughs> he wraps them around the back. Uh, yeah, and then re-denties them. And then he steps into the poop. Oh, oh, Ricky tries to warn him, but too late. Yeah. But he says, oh, Miss Rumsfeld, be careful. Yeah, he could <laughs> care less if he steps in it. <laughs> it was like, Queenie, I guess he was going to say Queenie took it, you know. Yeah. But then it's too late. And the squishing sound that comes out of the bottom of his boot is disgusting. Yeah, again, <laughs> that is not the sound that poop makes when you step in it. Oh. That's the sound that a Foley artist makes when they're yes. making a poop sound. It sounded like the, the fart putty that my daughter plays with in McCann. That's what it sounded like. It was it's, bad. Yeah, it's the equivalent of when you hear a gunshot in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not a real That's not what guns sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard guns. They don't, they don't sound like that. <laughs> no, they definitely do not sound like that. Yeah, so like we said, we're going through the minutes, and they're basically just, just showing us the neighbor. So this one was almost completely the Mark Rumsfeld minute. Yeah. With a little bit of Ricky at the beginning. That was me, Mr. Rumsfeld, and his yeah. wife. So you basically have met you met Ray and the Clopex who are on one side of the street. Then you kind of pivoted around and met Walter, who's at the end of the street. Then you skipped the guy who we never talk about. And then now you're meeting Ricky and uh, Mark, who live next to each other. Yeah. So the only person we haven't met yet is the other maniac, who lives next to Ray on the other side. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I don't think there's too much else going on in this minute. Did you say quite possibly the best minute? Oh, yeah. it was uh, It's Bruce Dern, and I'm going to do him, but <laughs> it's definitely going to be quick because my man has been in a lot of movies. Okay. I couldn't remember who which one you picked for this one. It's Bruce Dern because, I mean, obviously, because his entrance is just the greatest thing ever. Because if it wasn't, I was going to say it's quite possibly the best uh, – Circus of Power movie. To ever <laughs> I probably should have done that, but I, I couldn't not give Bruce Stern his due. <laughs> so Bruce Stern has 155 acting credits. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's been in a lot, a lot of movies. And I'll probably blow through his, you know, up to like 60s, 70s, 80s, just because he's in a lot of movies that I never, ever saw. He did a ton of, like, westerns and stuff back in the day. Yeah, he was in an Outer Limits episode, Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Wagon Train, The Virginian. I mean, he had them all, Rawhide, 12 o'clock. I mean, he was, you know, all the stuff your your parents watched. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he was in The Fugitive. <laughs> I'm looking for Hang Him High. Yeah, oh, my God. This guy was, he, of course, he was in Gunsmoke. I mean, if you're doing Westerns, you, I think yeah. it was being in Gunsmoke back in the 60s is like being in Law and Order now. Right. You're a big star. You're in Gunsmoke. Yeah, you're just – you're just – obligated to be okay here's the one that i know 1972 he played long hair in the cowboys okay that's the one where he kills john wayne spoiler I believe, alert i believe we spoke about about that one before yeah that's the one they i do remember reading about it he was getting death threats after that because he killed john wayne he killed john wayne wow in a, in a movie <laughs> So he is pretty bad then, huh? You get to yeah. kill John Wayne in the movie. You must be like something. He's been a bad guy in a lot of movies. We'll get to one. We'll get to my favorite Bruce Dern movie ever, with the exception of this one at some point. He was in Silent Running, which is an awesome movie, a great okay. science fiction movie. Um, he is stranded on a a ship. It's like a I don't know what you would call it. It's a ship full of like plants and stuff. Almost right. Like a get, it's like a getaway ship from Earth. Like they're all of Earth has died basically. Oh, so it's and like they're, a... and they're trying to keep it alive there. Okay. And he's got, like, three robots with him. They're called Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> but the robots look like the robots from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, okay. Um, I guess the other way around, really. 
they Mr. Science Theater looked like they took them from there. They must have took them from there. But it's a really serious, like kind of like depressing movie, but it's awesome. Wow. He was in The Great Gatsby, one of the many versions of it. Black Sunday, I saw that. That was a good movie. I'm trying to see where he pops back into something that's like more mainstream. I mean, he's in a ton of movies. There's The Burbs in 89. So he was really big 60s and 70s. Then he, he, he never didn't work. That's for sure. He's, he's always in something. I couldn't couldn't point what movies I've seen him in, but he was definitely recognizable. Yeah. And then he was in Digstown, which is a criminally underrated movie. It's uh, with him and uh, Lou Gossett Jr. I'm not positive. And, and so. James Woods. It's about uh, Lou Gossett Jr. as a boxer. Uh, he has to fight 10 guys in one day in 24 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a good movie. And then, of course, the greatest movie of all time. Down Periscope, 1996. <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> this movie, it's terrible. I mean, it is a bad movie, yeah. and I love every minute of it. <laughs> and he's like, the, he's the bad guy in it, of course. <laughs> uh, he was in, he was a voice in Small Soldiers. I mean, he's in between one and three movies pretty much every year. Wow. Without fail. He did a voice in King of the Hill. He's an astronaut farmer. I feel like Up I to that. present day? Up to present days in that much? Oh, yeah. Where I'm at, like, 2070s in movies, and two in 2008, two in 2009. Uh, he did 2010. He's in a couple in 2000. Oh, and then here's what you know him from, Big Love. Oh, yeah. That's he right. Was, he was his dad. He was, uh, what's his name's dad? Bill Paxton. Oh, Paxton. my God. I'm, I almost said Bill Pullman. I would have had to leave the room if uh, I said <laughs> that. I almost made the Paxton Pullman gaffe. <laughs> I mean, he's great in that show. I mean, he, of course, he's a horrible prick on that show, too. He's a scumbag in that show. I remember him in that show. And I, what I would say when most people listening now probably know him from is he was the old man in Django Unchained. Okay. And he was also in, what was the other one that he just did? He was in Nebraska. That was his big movie where he, I think he got nominated for a Academy Award for that. for really? Best Actor, yeah. Hateful Eight. He's General Smithers in Hateful Eight. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see that one. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you got to put a block of time out because it's about three hours. He currently has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies filming or in post-production. So he's doing all right with himself ah, there. Yeah. He's working. Yeah, eight movies in pre-production. He is – how old is he? He's 80. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. You hope when you're 80, you got the strength to be going around. And it's not like, oh, he's doing some voice work. Doesn't seem like it. They seem like all he's in these movies. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, he's 50-something in this. Wow. I don't know. I've seen him in these movies. Even the movies where he's 75, 80 years old, he just doesn't seem like the kind of person you really want to cross. <laughs> he still looks the same, huh? He seems like the type of old man who's probably carrying a pistol. <laughs> or would, like, sucker punch you when you're not looking, hit you over the head with something. <laughs> and that's a situation you never can win, right? Yeah, because <laughs> what's your best-case scenario? You punched out an 80-year-old man. Right. I had a guy at work tell me that one time. He was an older guy. I was probably, like, 20 at the time, and we were kind of going back and forth having words. And he's like, how can this end well for you? He's like, best thing that can happen, you kick my ass. So what, you just kicked a you know 55-year-old man's ass? He's like, but what if I kick your ass? Yeah, well, like, that's not gonna look good for you. <laughs> I tried to run it back for a second to see if 
you got to look inside of his house when the door opens. You no. can't see anything but the stairs because yeah. I'm sure the house is a facade. There's nothing yeah. in that house. It's just like a, you know, it's probably just a front and there's nothing behind it. Oh, like at the end of the road in Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this doesn't go anywhere. Look at this city down here. Oh, wow. Oh, I just walked into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no Burbs ride in Disney World. <laughs> what, do you, what do they do? Take you around the block one with the uh, paper boy? Yeah. Hey, okay. Was that a good ride? You're done. <laughs> you go around. You're the paper boy, and you got to throw the paper at people. Yeah. As you go. Dodge coffee. <laughs> Dodge the neighbors throwing coffee at you. <laughs> Try not to get uh, attacked by the creepy neighbors. <laughs> Trying to check out your buddy's wife without him killing you. Yeah. Trying to look down Mrs. Rumfeld's shirt. <laughs> All right, so do you have anything else for this minute? Any other uh, notes or factoids? No, that's it. That's all I got. So thanks for joining us at the Burbs Minute. Make sure you check out our Twitter, our Facebook page. I'm sure there's a lot happening over there. Hopefully I remember to update it. Um, if you're not getting enough of me here, you can check me out on Slycast. If you're really not getting enough of me, you can go over to Amazon and check out my book that I wrote, The Dawn of Mars. It's science fiction. It doesn't have anything to do with the burbs, at least as far as I know. Maybe if you read into it, you can – I put a person's name there by accident. You can make a connection <laughs> somehow. Yeah. I'm sure. Seven I've, degrees of Jeff Ferry. Yeah. I mean I've seen conspiracy <laughs> theories online about TV shows where they just take the most mundane things and somehow make it into a weird conspiracy. I'm sure <laughs> someone could do it um, if someone um, tried hard enough. <laughs> All right. Make sure – Check out one of the other Minute podcasts. Uh, try uh, Check out Two Minute Terminator. They're going through the Terminator two minutes at a time. That guy was forward thinking. I wish <laughs> I'd have done that. <laughs> they are currently my heroes. All right, so that's all I got. So uh, make sure you don't step in your neighbor's poop, and uh, make sure you stay safe, neighbors. <laughs>